You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. podcast is brought to you by Penji. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Heather Dominic on the show. Heather Dominic is a woman who is impressively successful and highly spiritual, a former high school drama teacher who collaborated with none other than Bette Midler, a graduate of NYU where she received her first coaching training. Heather is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award winning virtual event, A Course in Business Miracles, 21 day discovery series that attracted close to 6,000 official registrants from all around the world, including Iceland, Nigeria, Russia, Asia, South America, Australia, Europe, and the USA. She has appeared on Lifetime Television, has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success, alongside Deepak Chopra. Heather is also the founder and leader of the Highly Sensitive Entrepreneur Movement. Some of the highlights of this episode for me was more so like a coming to Jesus type of moment, but not for the reasons that you may think. I don't think this conversation had very much so to do with business for me, although it very much so was in line with business itself, but more so for what for what it meant to me personally. I think my girlfriend is actually uh, what Heather declares highly sensitive, and all of the reactions and encounters and the stories and the conversations that we had during this conversation and that you will hear, it felt all too similar. Something like, I've heard all of this before. It just sounds way too familiar. Maybe you've experienced somebody that is highly sensitive in your life too. Um, maybe... Maybe you you think you may be highly sensitive yourself. It, it all depends. But either way, strap your seatbelts on tight if you do know somebody highly sensitive because you're in for an absolute ride. Enjoy this week's episode with Heather Dominic. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the blind entrepreneur community. Head over to penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's penji.co. P-E-N-J-I dot C-O and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I am really happy to be here today. Yeah, I'm happy as well. I, I think this conversation that we're about to have is going to be incredibly, incredibly important to I guess everybody in it in some point in time in their lives, because we all go through different things and we all do need techniques and tips and tricks in order to become more efficient. Um, and I think that that's something that we're kind of going to go through and explore today. But before we, uh, we begin, I have to at least ask this question. Is it true that you used to be a high school drama teacher? It is 100% true. I was a high school drama teacher for eight years. And what did that teach you? 
it taught me so much. Um, I would say first and foremost that unbeknownst to me, my first coach training really came out of my master's program at NYU, uh, which was in education. And I was really fortunate at the time to study with two visiting British uh, professors. And they brought with them these very, you know, cutting edge um, approaches at the time. And one was called coaching and education. So that was really how I operated in the classroom. And I really had like just such the gift of being a drama teacher as well as I did teach some English classes. I taught primarily at two schools. First was a very affluent high school on Long Island. And then I did the reverse of what most teachers do. And I left that high paying job and took a job teaching at an inner city school in Manhattan really for the primary reason so that I could cut my commute from three hours round trip on a train to 20 minutes walking um, from my apartment at the time, which was in Greenwich Village. And both populations that I taught really um, just helped me grow so much as a teacher and really supported me in being able to develop curriculum for you know, different students with different needs. And then I would also add that I really had the privilege um, when I was teaching at my second school, the inner city school in Manhattan, and uh, to work with Bette Midler. So I worked in a school that was uh, 15 stories and almost a full city block and had over 3,000 students. Mm-hmm. And to support that type of immense student population at the time, the school was divided into what was called houses. And so the house that I worked in, which was the 13th floor, was the performing arts house and each house had a local business or sponsor of some sort and ours was Bette Midler. So I worked side by side with Bette and uh, some of the things that we did were we converted a classroom into a black box theater. Uh, We had the gift of her donating a lot of her previous costumes, which came along with a previous costume designer that she worked with who reconfigured those costumes to be able to costume our first ever musical at the time, which was The Wiz. And um, yeah, I just learned so much by being able to work side by side with her in terms of what it is to you know, be a bit of a visionary uh, woman and uh, definitely someone who has a philanthropic uh, approach. And I would say I brought all of those experiences, everything from grad school all the way up till my last teaching day side by side with that absolutely into my business. Yeah. And it definitely shows. And and I think your, your business is, is quite, I would say in the 
the overarching theme um, is relatively common in what it is that you do, but the how you do it, I think is completely unique and different. And something that you have on your website, which is businessmiracles.com, I feel like you're creating business miracles. So let's start there. What does business miracles mean to you? And are you a, a miracle worker, so to speak? I love it. First of all, thank you so much for recognizing that the way that I do what I do is different because I really strive uh, for that. Uh, so I really appreciate that you know you picked up on it and brought it to this conversation. And then from there, the name Business Miracles comes from first and foremost, my own personal um, experience as a student with the psychological and spiritual curriculum of A Course in Miracles. And I've been a student of the course since I was about 15 as a result of losing my mom uh, when I was 14. Uh, she was in a bicycle accident um, and passed away two weeks later. And the course really has been a steady support for me. But most importantly, in the course, the definition of a miracle is a shift in perception. So that really has played a key part when uh, about almost 10 years ago now, and let me give a little side note that I've just entered into my 16th year of being self-employed. Um, so, but about 10 years ago, I had what I can definitely say was a dark night of the soul. And I brought my business across the million dollar mark for the first time. And I would love to say that it was like an amazing experience, but it was not. <laughs> um, it was absolutely fraught with a lot of overwhelm and a lot of overwork and just overall over exhaustion. And it was that experience where I was led to a psychologist and researcher whose name is Dr. Elaine Aaron. And Dr. Aaron is the founding researcher, what she has named as the highly sensitive person. So when I first connected with Dr. Aaron, I had never heard the term highly sensitive before. But once I understood what it meant, it didn't surprise me so much that I was highly sensitive, but what surprised me was how highly sensitive I was. Mm -hmm. Let me just say from her research, what she has found is that there's 20% of us that are born into the world highly sensitive. And what that means is that our nervous system is wired differently than someone who is not highly sensitive. And what that means is basically that we, for those of us who are highly sensitive, experience stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who is not. And that can be in any form from sight, smell, sound, touch, energy, information, you name it. So when I realized and came to understand that I was highly sensitive, it really gave me a different perspective. And I realized, okay, I have to really approach everything that I do in my business differently. 
And then I am a firm believer and have always been a teacher that your ideal client is a version of you. So I had 25 women entrepreneurs that I was working with in person at the time. I had them also take one of Dr. Aaron's assessments and every woman in that room was also highly sensitive. Hmm. And so that really is where a course in business miracles came in because what I realized was that in order for a highly sensitive to be able to be successfully self-employed, a shift in perception is absolutely necessary. You need to be able to be willing to look at yourself differently because every woman in that room who took that assessment, though they were highly sensitive, not one woman wanted to be. So to be able to look at yourself differently and to be able to approach your business differently and then to be able to operate within your business differently. And that is the long explanation of business miracles. <laughs> so you, you talk a, a little bit about the direct relationship between spirituality and great success. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how those are one and two of the, uh, one and two of the same? For sure. Well, one of the things that I'll say is that in my work for the highly sensitive entrepreneur, I have, you know, I've just really delved into extensive research that, you know, pulls from psychology, psychotherapy, sociology, anthropology, neuroscience, spirituality, coaching techniques, education, and for the highly sensitive entrepreneur, I've really identified what I refer to as top 12 top shadows and 12 top strengths. And one of our top strengths is that we as highly sensitives tend to be spiritual by nature. So what I can say is that for a highly sensitive, there absolutely is a direct connection between spirituality and business success. Can mm -hmm. I say that that applies to everyone? Not necessarily, but for the population that I serve, absolutely. To be able to allow for there to be a merge, and I would even say a large presence of spirituality for a HSE, a highly sensitive entrepreneur who is service-based, it really makes a difference in the success that they're able to create. Yeah, and, and and that makes a lot of sense. And and I think just out of curiosity, because I feel like my girlfriend would hate me for for not asking this question. Um, but what is your, I guess, astrological sign? Ooh, interesting. I have to first say I do not know a lot about astrology, but I will say that I am a Taurus born on the cusp of Aries. Okay, very interesting. I listen. I'll be honest. I don't know much about it other than the fact of what she tells me. Um, but she's very in, in tune with, uh, with everything that you're saying. And I was kind of just curious if you guys had like the same sign. I didn't know if it was like a Gemini thing or not, <laughs> because that's what she is a Gemini. Well, um, it might be a highly sensitive thing. I don't know if she is or isn't. Um, yeah. I would also be interested, you know, post our conversation, anything that she has to share, knowing my astrological sign, I'm always open. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of why I was interested in in having the conversation today was, is there some correlation behind that? Um, but I think being highly sensitive, I think is, I guess, a conversation that you really have to have with yourself and you have to have, you have to be extremely honest with yourself too. And I think, I mean, again, I'm just going to speak on behalf of most males, they're probably not going to be the ones that would, um, 
that would be comfortable in even acknowledging that they're highly sensitive. So acknowledging that you are highly sensitive um, and then, then seeing that success, you, you mentioned it briefly, but I'd like to be able to hear, like, what are some ways that you think that a highly sensitive individual um, is able to achieve the ultimate success in life? Yeah, well, you know, first, uh, what I'll offer up is just a reminder again from Dr. Aaron's research that being highly sensitive is biological. Um, so that's just always helpful to remember that being highly sensitive is not just uh, does not automatically equal being overly sensitive. Um, mm -hmm. There, you know, are crossovers for sure. Um, but it is, again, just in terms of how your system interprets or processes stimulation. Uh, I will say, I do know that we have, um, you know, in our community, um, and I have just served, you know, thousands of HSEs, literally from around the world. We cover all astrological signs. <laughs> and I know this because I send out birthday cards and gifts every month. <laughs> um, so, you know, I would be interested in what the possible correlation is, but I think I can probably say from that very small micro um, non-intended experiment that, you know, there's not necessarily a direct correlation between exactly when you're born and um, if you are born highly sensitive. With that said, what I will say that for highly sensitive is, yes, I would really agree with you that one, it's a hurdle for women, first and foremost, to be able to admit that they're highly sensitive, but even beyond that to embrace that they're highly sensitive. And that's so much of the work that I do, which is a real retraining process in regards to how you relate to yourself as a highly sensitive so that you can really be operating from the strengths that come as part of your highly sensitive nature rather than the shadows, and the shadows tend to be more um, socialized behavior because for those of us who are highly sensitive, we've definitely gotten the message somewhere along the line that we are different and that that difference means not okay, um, mm -hmm. not okay or not enough. So then absolutely, I would agree with you. You add being male on top of that, and it's definitely going to be a, a larger hurdle to, to overcome for sure. I, I offer two in-person training retreats a year that are part of the Business Miracles mentoring programs where the Business Miracles community comes together in person. And again, HSEs travel you know, from all around the world, you know, from as far as um, Africa, the Middle East, Iceland, France, um, Hawaii, Alaska to attend. And there are typically maybe between 80 and 100 attendees and typically two or zero of them are male. <laughs> um, so that's just, again, a little bit of micro um, research to support what you have to you know, just what you're into. My assumption. Yeah, your <laughs> assumption. Um, and so then from there, like, what does it require to um, create success as a highly sensitive? Well, first and foremost, I would say would be the willingness to engage in that process of retraining, to really learn first and foremost that, 
your strengths that are available to you that really have you being, you know, like an excellent coach or an excellent um, creative um, or, you know, any type of service-based business, that those strengths are also available to support you in the operations of the business, marketing, selling, et cetera. But it does require literally retraining the way that your system, you know, interprets uh, stimulation, including information, and more than anything, your mindset and how you think about yourself, your abilities, your strengths, your value, your worth, and then how to really put that to work for yourself and your business. Do you think this, that this type of mentality um, is something that is born innately or is this something that is more so trained? Yeah, I think it's both. So again, from Dr. Aaron's research, you know, we are born into the world highly sensitive. So I always like to say, you know, it's not something your parents did to you. And it's not something you picked up on the playground in kindergarten. And it's not because of that weird purple drink that you had at a party in college. Um, <laughs> it's who you are. Um, and then the majority of the world, because there's only 20% of us who are born into the world highly sensitive, the majority of the world is designed for what I like to say, the other 80%. So again, from there, then it is a socialized interpretation, typically unconsciously, as you know, you are growing up as a person who's highly sensitive, you learn, oh wait, this world is not designed for who I am and how I process. So I have to either uh, really learn, you know, how to betray my natural nature so that I can really operate in this world or I learn how to hide from it. And that really is what comes to what I have in my work come to call the, the three primary HSE coping mechanisms. And those coping mechanisms are either you learn to push through as a coping mechanism, <clears throat> excuse me, and if you're a pusher, you will get done what any other 80 percenter will get done, but it will typically come at a really high cost, often in the form of health or relationship crisis or you have the HSE coping mechanism of hiding. And that is where you will, for example, take action in your business. You will have the most beautiful website. You will have the perfect design programs. Your marketing materials are probably gorgeous. And at the end of the day, you are not generating very much to no money in your business because you are keeping yourself from actually taking the actions that threaten a sense of safety as a person who's highly sensitive, such as marketing and selling, or there's the HSE coping mechanism of combo flattering. And that is where you see saw back and forth between the two. And I like to say that is the HSE definition of insanity. So, so it's really both, you know, it is innate um, and it is also learned in terms of what does or does not work for us as a person who's highly sensitive. So we have to learn to go beyond coping and into creating in order to be successful as an entrepreneur. I, I feel like um, for for me in particular, I, I, I guess, I, I don't know if I, where I stand, because I, I, it would be more so like self-diagnosed. Um, but I do believe that I, I'm in touch with my mind, my body, my soul, and 
things of that nature. Um, but it didn't always be that way. It wasn't always that way. So for people who may be on, I guess, the spectrum, so to speak, I don't know if that's the right word, but we'll just use that for right now, um, of potentially being highly sensitive or at least just being more in tune with their body, um, what are some ways that you would recommend in order for us to get there? And I, I'll, lead, I'll steer the conversation of how I, I, I think that you may answer this is something along the lines of meditation because your story says that you were meditating and you kind of like, uh, I think, again, you can speak to it, but you were kind of like crying, so to speak, while you're doing that in order to kind of like this feeling that overcame you. So I'd like to kind of just like hear a little bit more about what are some ways that we can take with us to kind of become more in tuned with who we are as, as human beings? Okay, got it. So what you're really asking is, I just want to make sure that I'm super clear, are what are some approaches to connect with that part of yourself that um, perhaps either is who you are as a person who's highly sensitive or just in general, um, yeah. whether you're highly sensitive or not to connect into just a, a deeper sense of alignment with uh, just one's own sensitivity. Is yeah, that exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, I'll say that, um, you know, definitely acknowledge you for just recognizing that it is an important process to really get to know yourself. Because for those of us who are highly sensitive, the coping mechanisms come from typically, again, an unconscious process of trying to deny oneself, right? So that, so that you can quote unquote fit in. Um, or again, to try to attempt to keep yourself safe. But the real avenue to be able to create genuine financial success as a person who's highly sensitive, and I would say also sustainable, is to really just know who you are and to know how you operate and then to know what you need in order to operate best. So whether you're highly sensitive and that's part of your journey or just as you're referencing um, Jonathan, just interested in getting more in touch with yourself, definitely connect yourself with some form of program that will provide you with a container um, as well as teachings, trainings, and tools that are aimed to do exactly that. Hmm. Is it a journey that can be done on one's own? Yes, of course, absolutely. Are we living in the midst of the information age and where whether you're highly sensitive or not, we have absolute massive amounts of information and distractions coming at us every single day, uh, putting all of us in the potential state of overwhelm? Yes. So it'll be much more difficult to do on your own. And I would say definitely to choose to engage in, again, some form of process that's led by someone who ha has the experience you're looking to have and can really, again, give you a container, teachings, trainings, tools, what have you, to support that process. That yeah. is first and foremost. Absolutely. I think it's really interesting the way that how you explain it, which is program and containers. And I think that's a really unique way of, of going about that. Um, 
let's just say we don't have the ability to have somebody like yourself who's able to build that program. Um, are there some things that you would recommend that we can start off with as our like fundamental basics to kind of just allow us to build our own? Because I think you're, you're hundred percent spot on in saying that you have to build it in order to actually to create it, so to speak. You have to start today and then eventually over time it becomes something much more than what you wanted it to ever be. So could you just like tell us some like fundamental things of like maybe some some small little teachings or readings or books or even processes that have worked well in order for us to get to hit the ground running? Absolutely. So the first part is again back to that container, right? So that is really key. So if for some reason you um, are looking to create this for yourself, then the first thing that you want to do is start with a time frame, right? And to really set up a, a container. And that first aspect of the container is the time frame. So 30 days tends to be a very standard workable time frame. We wherever we are in the world, operate under some form of understanding of a month long. And I would really recommend that you start there. If you really feel like, oh my gosh, that even feels daunting, then I would recommend a minimum of 21 days. So get out your calendar and um, set aside 21 days 21 to 30 and block off specific time that you are going to dedicate each day to this process. And I would say even five, 10 minutes. Um, and, you know, there's definite research that says that shorter amounts of time for longer periods will support actualizing actual change versus large amounts of individual time, you know, periods for a short time frame. So again, 21, 30 days, five to 10 minutes a day at a minimum. Hmm. Choose something that you are going to work consistently within those five to 10 minutes. Meaning that even if we take 21 days and we take five to 10 minutes each day, but then we're doing something different each day, that's not going to have as great an effect as if you really choose one, what I, what I call a core practice and dedicate that five to 10 minutes to that one core practice. That one core practice could be a meditation, as you mentioned earlier, um, in my mentoring programs, I teach what I refer to as energy management, which is about putting paper to pen. And I'm actually, sorry, yes, paper to pen. <laughs> um, I thought I said paper to paper. Um, paper to pen, also that you can, at the end of the 21 to 30 days, go back and look and see. So if you're utilizing a journal, you might start with something just as, you know, like, what is a core belief that I have about myself today? And then you can journal on that for five to 10 minutes, or you could um, sit down and meditate, or you could do something more extensive, like, again, the energy management tools that I teach. And then at the end of the five to 10 minutes, do a check-in. Am I in the same exact place that I was five to 10 minutes ago? And just note that down for yourself. And by setting that container, the time frame, 
taking the individual time periods and utilizing them consistently, that five to 10 minutes, and choosing a core practice that is about tuning into whatever aspect it is about yourself that you're looking to shift and change and doing that consistently. I think you would be hard pressed to literally come out the other side exactly the same as you went in. The, yeah. the change might be subtle, um, but again, 21 to 30 days is just the beginning to many 21 to 30 days. Uh, the only piece missing there, you know, that you would have access to in, in some type of uh, more structured program would be accountability. So if there's someone that you can call on who's willing to take this type of journey with you for, again, just 21 to 30 days, where the two of you can really support each other and hold each other accountable and, you know, you know say like, hey, like you didn't do your five to 10 minutes, so you can't go to bed until you do those five to 10 minutes, mm -hmm. um, or is interested to check in and provide feedback or where you can just really do a a beautiful genuine exchange then that will absolutely support the process as well yeah but i also think that you'd have to um want to do it right like uh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah there's that yeah so you <laughs> don't, don't do anything i just said <laughs> if it feels like that is like the last thing on earth that you would ever want to do or like you're well, questioning, like why <laughs> yeah totally and, and i feel like that yeah, I mean, I, I feel like people wouldn't even be listening right now if that was the case. But right. With that said, like, and the reason why I structured that the way I, I asked that question was, um, like, I've wanted to do it, right? I've wanted to, I've wanted to journal. I've, I've been meditating, uh, I guess, I would say every single day for the past over, over 45 days at this point. And I've done it off and on prior to, but now more so than ever, meditation has been become like a part of my, my routine. But then the journal thing has also been something that I've always wanted to do, but I've just never been around to do it. And I realized that it's just not at this point who I am. And so like me, if, if I have to force something in order to do it, then maybe it's not necessarily something that I should incorporate into my life. Mm, yeah, I, I see where you're going. Yes. yes. So yeah. I'd like to hear like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yes. Well, again, it's back to the container, right? Um, and, and yes, more than anything is absolutely willingness. And what you're really speaking to is that you could really, really want something. But again, as I mentioned, like, you know, we live in a very, very distracting world right now. Um, so all of that to say, then once you, you know, have the willingness, you have the desire, you set up the container, and then absolutely it is about finding the approach, right, or the tool that really is a best match for you. And that's one of the things that I really pride myself on more than anything in terms of how we operate in the Business Miracles mentoring programs is that we're not cookie cutter. You know, we have a curriculum, we have trainings and teachings and tools, and yet we have a significant amount of a coach team and accountability support in place that engages each member in the process of hey, journaling doesn't really work for you. Okay, well, let's start with what end result you want 
yeah. then let's back it out and let's find a way that will work for you. So maybe for you, you're recording something into your phone, or maybe for you, actually typing really works well, or maybe you draw a picture, or I actually just had a mentoring call with a uh, member this week who we set up where, you know, part of her morning begins with a dance. Um, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter the, the what in terms of the way, what matters is, is it going to have you on the path to get you to that end, end result that you're really wanting and desiring? Yeah, I love that. And I think in addition to all of that, um, something else that I, I just have to quickly get in is the idea of fitness. Um, because you go through all these ideas of, of just like self-care um, and, and self-realization, but then there's also that element of fitness. And so I'd like to kind of just talk a little bit more about like what approaches can we take? And you've hinted at it briefly, but it, actually, you know what? I'm going to stop that. I'm not going to ask that question. I don't like where it was going. <laughs> so when it comes to your, your uh, line of work, um, I feel like we're talking very micro where you're talking to the individualized person, but then there's also aspects of uh, teams of large organizations in order to make them all, all self-aware to see who is and who is not the highly sensitive one within the group. And so can you tell us a little bit more about the, the group aspect of what it is that you do? Absolutely. Um, so first of all, so the work that I do, again, is, is really uh, specific to serving highly sensitives who are on a path of self-employment, that that is, that is the journey that they're meant to be experiencing. However, there also really is just the greater opportunity that we all have to understand who else in our lives is highly sensitive. And definitely that applies to the workplace as well. Um, so I know, for example, for yourself, you know, you're working within a team of, I think, around 50 or so. And so, you know, my guess would be that 20% of those 50 are highly sensitive. And the more that we can understand how a highly sensitive works and processes differently, and then utilize that difference to be an asset, rather than trying to have everyone operate the same, there's a real absolute benefit um, to every organization, every company, every association, any type of group in general um, for that level of creativity and productivity to go to, to a, a much higher degree. I'll say for myself personally, the fact that I am highly sensitive, I operate within a team of 10 we are not all highly sensitive. Those who are on the coach team, yes, they are highly sensitive. Those who are on my core team who are primarily responsible for backend operations are not. Yet, you know, through being able to really work in a way that emphasizes each individual's strengths and how that contributes to our collaborative investment as a team really supports us in being able to be cohesive and as a result then always really looking for how can we basically really create more with less time effort 
and energy, just really coming from our strengths. And it's, it's a really beautiful process to be a part of, to, you know, watch and witness when you really truly have each individual totally welcomed to be who they are and totally welcome mm -hmm. to operate from their strengths within their role. Um, it's, you know, it's quite, it's quite a unique and privileged experience. And then that, of course, ripples out into the community. And it's a big part of while the mentoring programs that I offer are community based, because there's a real acceleration that can happen uh, just in regards to learning, especially for highly sensitives who are so used to being the odd ones out, to be able to be in a community where there is the experience of like minds. They're not judged for doing things differently, but actually encouraged to do things differently. Again, there's you know a beautiful acceleration in that regard that I'm able to be a part of every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's like a true, I mean, you mentioned it, like a true bond, like a true um, experience that happens when you're able to do it as a group and you're all be able to have that, that those open and honest dialogues with one another, right? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And again, for so- You have empathy. You start to, I feel like you sort of begin empathy for the other people, right? Oh my gosh, well, yes. And that happens to be one of our HSE strengths. So that kind of like, you know, really expands. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I know for certain is that, you know, the HSEs who are in the Business Miracles community, most of them have, you know, in their day-to-day -day life, they're, they're not having the experience of being surrounded by others who are highly sensitive. Again, it just goes back to 20% versus 80%. So one of the things I always like to say is that as a community, we do it in here in the community so we can go be it out there. So you basically come into the community, you know, to be seen, to be heard, uh, to be understood, to, you know, be plugged in, if you will, so that then you can go out and you can do your work through your business serving the majority who are not highly sensitive in a way that really has you, you know, buoyed, bolstered, totally supported. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I mean, this is the stuff that I, I love just going down rabbit holes upon rabbit holes of, of just topics, debates, et cetera, et cetera. But at some point in time, we have to go back to work. <laughs> and with that said, I'd love to be able to just take everything that you've, that you've discussed um, and then be able to um, gift it in the form of a potential customer of yours. So could you tell us a little bit more about where people can find you, where people can become a customer or even potentially um, learn more about your journey? Sure, absolutely. Well, the first I would say is that as you've been listening, if you have any kind of inkling that either you might be a highly sensitive entrepreneur or you know someone who might be a highly sensitive entrepreneur, that I would recommend that you take the assessment um, that I've created, which is an expansion upon Dr. Elaine Aaron's assessment. And you can find that at www.hsequiz.com. Dot com. And when you take the quiz, um, you will find at the end if you are either somewhat of an HSE or if you are a super HSE or if you're like me and you are a super uber HSE. Mm -hmm. And 
depending on where you fall, somewhat super or super uber, you will receive a free HSE success guide designed for where you are and to provide you and support you with those first steps of that process, as you mentioned earlier, Jonathan, of really getting to know yourself in this way and how you can begin to really utilize this aspect of yourself in your business or to support someone else uh, again in your life who might be highly sensitive or just in your work in general or just to live a more empowered life as a person who is highly sensitive so again that's hsequiz.com very cool and all the links will be in the show notes so everybody can partake in those quizzes and, and even read more uh, heather thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it today Thank you. I so appreciated this conversation. You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Heather Dominic. All right, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge coming directly from Heather herself. Get more in touch with yourself. This weekend, go to a yoga class, meditate, go for a massage, or even a float tank. Don't knock it till you try it. It is pretty awesome. It may unlock not only a new habit, but a new way to feel more at peace. You never know until you try it. And when you do, tweet me at GrisbowskiJ or head over to tbeshow.com and drop a comment on this week's episode. You can find more about Heather at businessmiracles.com, just like the way that it should be spelt, businessmiracles.com. And for us here, you can check out Penji at penji.co if you need a simple, easy, and affordable graphic design solution for your business. Lastly, head over to the podcast website, which is tbeshow.com. And if you enjoyed this episode directly, it would mean the absolute world if you could just share this podcast episode with a friend. It's the only way that we can cure blindness in business. Go out there and execute your vision. Everybody have a great rest of your day.